When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr is in. He is buckled up. He is filling in for Elijah Herbal the next couple of days as Elijah's off to Ole Miss. The over-under on rum. Damon drinks is, well, we're, we're going to stick to a court. I don't know what Elijah will be imbibing in down there in Ole Miss uh, watching baseball. But a lot to get into today. We'll spend some time on Husker baseball. Some thoughts from Will Bolt on Maryland and his team's incredible start and how they're navigating the season in first in the Big Ten. Some cool news for Nebraska football fans uh, coming up with a open practice to the public here a week from Saturday. And uh, Husker volleyball on our minds is... Uh, John Cook uh, had his media session and, you know, we're not far away from the NCAA tournament in Omaha, six rounds. You got a bubble, but uh, things are not even close to being as paid attention to or prioritized or treated by the NCAA like like you would hope and expect and demand for. Uh, incredible athletes, and uh, there is outrage brewing. There's fire and venom, deservedly so, on Twitter. And uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournament and, and COVID nineteen protocols, uh, teams that play in the Final Four will have been in one city uh, for the entire tournament instead of three. It's not as locked down of a bubble that the NBA had down in uh, Florida this summer. The teams are going to have restrictions that you're going to have to deal with. And it's just really a screwed up schedule. And you've got a dark cloud uh, on an event that was that, that could be and should be and needs to be celebrated. Uh, you, you started off on the wrong foot here by, by knocking the tournament down to 48. That's been an, uh, drawn the ire uh, of John Cook. That's drawn the ire of many uh, college volleyball enthusiasts. And uh, you have the word that's just come down. You have Emily Amon uh, reporting that the first two rounds of the NCAA volleyball tournament will not have broadcast crews or commentators. Teams that have been uh, prepping over a year and a half for this opportunity, be better NCAA. Uh, she'd also like to add that the, all the matches are being played in a convention center where, as of yesterday, coaches were told there will be no locker rooms until the Elite Eight. Players will have to change out of warm-ups and into their jerseys on the bench. 
you want to talk about treating this ghetto style, the NCAA is doing just that. Uh, plenty of Nebraska reaction from media types. And let me ask you this. Are you surprised the NCAA has botched something? Really, you say no. But this is barbaric. This is, this is, I mean, you go back to the NCAA basketball tournament with the weight room and training setup, where it was, all right, there's tons of weights and training and rehab room for the men, and you had a, a makeshift, okay, there's a towel, there's a bench, ooh, great, there's some, some dumbbells. So the NCAA had to, to hurry and, and, and makeshift, but it was still half-assed. Here's John Cook earlier on just what what his team's dealing with here and the practice times and the schedule. Zero planning, zero foresight, and this will be executed because the coaches and players are are going to rise above this, but it is not uh, even close to, to adequate, let alone, and that's not a knock on Omaha. This is the NCAA show. And, and they're treating it like a, a stepchild. Well, I was on a call yesterday that a lot of coaches are concerned about the setup, uh, you know, in Omaha, uh, in the convention center with some of the things I just mentioned. Uh, you, know, you, you know, the practice times. We have a practice time at 740 in the morning. We have a practice time an hour before our match on Thursday. I mean, we don't, we don't practice an hour before our match on a game day. So there's just a lot of stuff like that that, uh, everybody's going to have to kind of navigate and was concerned about. And then the logistics of actually playing a match and, you know, having a locker room, having a whiteboard, having a bathrooms, uh, things like that. Where do they change? You know, the volleyball players warm up and then they change in their uniforms. I mean, what, how's that going to work in your middle, in your middle of a, you know, convention hall C. So, so I just think that's what most of I heard as coaches are concerned about. Yeah. A, there's routine needed. B, there there is strategy. So when you go to the locker room, players have a routine. You should be able to get freaking dressed in a locker room. And now you have this outcry. And I would expect the NCAA to, to try and fix this, make it right. But they're going to look awful backpedaling and and they need to they should backpedal but i i'm just kind of outraged look i've got a junior's 14 and he plays travel baseball so it's kind of show and go and with some tournaments we have he'll get dressed in the hotel room and he'll we'll take him to the game and it's, it's not it's not to the point where it's high school or college where you jump on a bus you travel and there you go but this is the NCAA Volleyball Championships, for the love of God. It, it is viewed well, it is supported heavily, and it is beloved here in the state of Nebraska and beyond. I mean, it's, it's well-respected, it's high-level, it's incredible athleticism. It's as good as a sport as you have in college athletics right now. And it is absolutely being treated like... It doesn't matter, and it's just being slammed together. Par for the course on Masters Thursday. 
for the NCAA. You can send an email, chris at hailvarsity.com. You can fire off a phone call if you like, 466-377-6800-825-5865. can find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Damon Barr. But with the NCAA, how they operate, uh, leaders like John Cook, and John Cook's spoken his mind and he'll continue to do so but there needs to be more voices. A, this isn't this isn't right. A, this B, this isn't equal, and C, this isn't acceptable. So you're going to go play your game. But it, it I don't want to hear about pan, the pandemic or COVID. You're playing. You're not going to. I guarantee you. When it comes to the College World Series, they're not going to do the same thing. I know it's outdoors. It's a different sport. But it's not going to be bastardized. The NCAA tournament wasn't. Men's and women's wasn't. And, and not to have broadcast for the opening round games, not till the Elite Eight. That's just that's just awful, just horrific. And I, I should be somewhat surprised, but I'm not. It's it's a new month. It's a new opportunity for the NCAA to butcher something. Husker football. Let's get in there. Uh, fans are are pretty jacked right now because, all right, you'll have a couple of different opportunities to watch the. Husker football team this spring. Of course, the the red-white spring game. Still chances for you to get a hold of seats for that on May 1st. But it's going to be a free-to-the-public setup here April 17th. It's limited to 4,000. Get your mobile seat uh, on Huskers.com. And uh, tickets going to be made available tomorrow starting at 6 p.m. And uh, the next group will go on sale Monday at 6 as well. The The final opportunity will be Wednesday uh, of next week. But what you're going to get to see here is is Nebraska for two and a half hours uh, on uh, April 17th, assuming the weather hangs. And it's good weather, 215 to 445, 130 is when the gates will open. Fans will be admitted to Memorial Stadium through gates 410 and gate 3. And seating limited to just the west side of Memorial Stadium. Fans will be socially distant every third row. Approved by the health department. Uh, the, the, as that's approved by the health department. And fans will be required to sit in reserve seating uh, that match their mobile seat. And not allowed on the field level at any time. you got to wear a face covering. Got to attend uh, to, to attend this open practice. No concessions. But you can bring uh, some snacks, limited uh, food, no booze, sorry. And uh, parking lots around the stadium will be there uh, open at, at no charge. So this is fantastic by uh, the athletic department, fantastic by Nebraska. And you're starved for football. You want to see your team. And May 1st is obviously a, a tradition, right? You didn't get it last year. But uh, it's a chance for 4,000 of you to go check out the Big Red and NC practice. So, you know, that that's the good news today. You get to go watch the Huskers. The bad news is is uh, Division One volleyball is being spat on by the NCAA. Uh, that's no good. Husker baseball, they get things cranked up uh, against Maryland tomorrow. That's impressive. Uh, when we talk a little bit here about uh, Nebraska athletics and Nebraska football specifically, uh, I always love uh, – Thursdays because you've got kind of a, a new mailbag day for Hale Varsity and Damon going to bring you in here as you've had a chance to kind of look at some things here 
uh, <laughs> you know, with with the the Husker task at hand, right? We we talk a lot about optimism here. If you're circling one thing on on the optimistic side, I, I know yesterday was not a good news day with with Marquis Stapp in the running game, but overall here. Uh, you've been waiting for a long time. You grew up here to see Nebraska kind of make that jump. What are you wanting to see if you go April 17th or you're going to the red-white game on May 1st here? I know it's it's a practice, but, man, I'm I'm anxious to just see how how those receivers look while I understand the offensive line's so, so key and whoever's healthy enough to play running back gets some carries. I'm down for that always. But uh, I want to see this receiver-quarterback combination, whoever it is. Yeah, I, I definitely I love beyond the, Adrian. But I, yeah, I love seeing the video coverage of just uh, QBs throwing long balls down the the field at practice the other day. What little video we got that kind of pumped me up. I, I I can't wait to to just watch the running backs specifically because just so many are unproven. I can't wait to see Gabe Irvin mm. uh, on the field on the spring game. I think he really has a chance to pop off and show something. And I'm kind of interested to see in what uh, good old Heinrich Harburg there from Kearney mm. can uh, can do on the field as well. From what very little practice footage we saw, it looked like his arm was pretty good. As Verdusco said, that cat's clean. He's got a great motion, man, can throw the pill. That's nice. So, I mean, I got a question for you. So, you've got uh, Juco ball playing right now. You've got uh, another uh, level of high-level football when we think about the North Dakota states, and you, you have uh, Division, you know, one A going at it now. Do you think about adding to your running back room in the transfer portal, or a kid that wants to maybe make the jump from a North Dakota state? I'm just using them as the example, or a South Dakota state. I. I don't know. I mean, Step, you got him. You got him from SC. He's supposed to be back by spring. But if, and listen, you don't have to make this call. And we, we've talked about it with the quarterback based on what you got. Do you go shopping again? Do you go shopping again for running back? Because right now, uh, you've got Irvin right now. And, and Scott, those are your two guys you can see. I mean, we don't know if you know how long or why Ramir was out yesterday, but Ramir's kind of your most experienced guy. We'll dive into that loaded up show for you. We'll talk some golf with uh, Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or also some spring ball thoughts from him. We'll dive into uh, plenty uh, when it comes to Husker baseball as their series gets uh, sent tomorrow night with Will Bolt. And then in hour two, Matt Verzel, uh, former Husker standout assistant at uh, Scott, I uh, love talking some ball with Verz, Brandon Vogel with us at 525, and then Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, Burke's Best Bets. So you have a budget. I loved this on Twitter, Damon. And you got a $10 bill in your pocket. You're down at Augusta National. And uh, what are you buying with $10? This was on social media yesterday. And sandwiches are a buck fifty. Uh, some wraps uh, or... Uh, a club, two fifty. You have different snacks. That's chips and peanuts and some fruit, a buck to a dollar fifty. And then you have alcohol and soft drinks. Bottled water is going to run you two bucks. A domestic uh, light beer. If you're ordering a Coors, 
That's going to run you $4. Import, if you're a Heine guy, get you a $5 bill, and then craft beer uh, will run you 5 So are you firing up alcohol, or are you buying food and going with the bottled water if your budget's $10? I think I'm grabbing one light beer just to, to tide me over, and then I'm looking at this Georgia pecan caramel popcorn. That sounds pretty that good. That sounds money on the field, and then... Uh, I guess I have room for like a sandwich and a bag of chips, maybe. See, in the the pimento cheese, we've we've all had pimento cheese sandwiches, and Grandma Schmidt used to do this incredible like cheese spread that kind of reminded me of pimento cheese. Uh, I'm not going to do the egg salad. Sorry, I just can't do it. Won't do it. I know there's a lot of egg salad fans out there, but for a buck fifty, it just might, it it may hit wrong, and then I'm. Well, I, I'm a, a I'm a DeChambeau shank away from the can, but yeah, I'd probably budget uh, a couple of Coors Light. That'll leave me two dollars, and then get me the uh, the ice cream sandwich. Allstate, two-year starter, and rush in for the big red and NFL vet. Dudeness or Duder or El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. What a great combination here of golf and football. It's Masters Thursday. We say hi to Blackshirt, Husker, NFLer. And golfer Jay Moore at Jay Moore forty four. Jay Bird, what's the uh, the uh, the thought been today here as uh, we get kicked off for for Masters Week? How are you? I'm doing well. It's my uh, favorite time of year, favorite week of the year, favorite sporting event. It trumps all sporting events for me. This is uh, you know yesterday I felt like a kid on Christmas Eve. So <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good day. You know the weather out here hasn't been great, but. You know, obviously, we would love to play golf and watch some coverage, but you know, but, you know, you hang out with some buddies and have a few cocktails and uh, watch some golf. So it's 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 been good. It's been fun. A lot of a lot of uh, action left, but uh, golf course is playing firm and fast, and uh, you are playing Masters at a at a normal time, and so things are getting a little bit more back to normal. So it's been a it's been a good day of golf watching, I should say. Are you team Bryson or anti Shambo? Where where are you at, or do you just kind of like watching the circus? Yeah, yeah, he's no, I like I love it. Like I, I'm all for it. Like push, you know, push the needle as far as you can, or push the boundaries as far as you can. Like and try and experiment, and see what you can do. And I think it's great. I think it's awesome to see what he's doing. And I mean, the guy is works so hard and super hard to push the boundaries and um that's awesome that's that's great like love it and i know some people you know frown upon it you know and but i mean the guy uses his knowledge and uses everything i mean he uses every avenue to get himself better and that is how could you how could you hate that i I like people like that who are going to try to use every avenue and push every boundary they can to get better. And uh, I'm all for it. I love, I love watching. I love the process. And when he succeeds, it, it pays off. So it's, it's pretty cool to see. Jay Moore is with us. Hale Varsity Radio Talking Masters. As you looked at the field, you know, what were some things you kind of circled for today and beyond here? 
who do you uh, who do you like to win? Who do you like to to challenge? Who do you think's got no shot? I know we're winding down day one, but you know you uh, I'm sure you and some friends have handicapped this thing through and through. Yeah, the golf course is playing uh, super duper fast. You know, obviously a lot faster when the Masters in November. Obviously, it's never been played in November, so but the place is pretty fiery and firm and. So obviously that caters toward the guys who play there a lot. I mean, usually first-time Masters guys in the first couple of years struggle just to understand the place. But um, you don't go into this week. I I really like George Spieth. Obviously, one last week, um, like Patrick Reed, like Patrick Cantley, like um, Corey Connors is kind of a sleeper guy under the radar. Um, let me think here. Like, if I say Paul Casey, I like him. I know he's playing. Halfway decent today, so you know guys have played well there before. Obviously, Spieth and Reed have won there before, and I think Corey Connors has been in the top ten the last couple of years. So, and Paul Casey has been right around there as well. So, I, you know, it's guys that have been there before, and you know, it's there's a lot of guys that I mean that that have <laughs> have no shot. There's some guys that I thought. Well, here's one guy that I thought had no shot this week, and that was Rory McIlroy. He's been struggling. He's he switched swing coaches and he's experimenting some new stuff. So I, you know, he's one of the best players in the world. But you know, he's kind of in between stuff right now. And I, I haven't seen him. And last time I saw him, he was five over to like thirteen holes. So that's he's gonna have to make an epic comeback, which he did last year to make the cut. But I, but just you know, he needs to win a Masters to win his career Grand Slam. But you know, I figured this week was uh, he was uh, he was a long shot this week. So. If CD make it have a comeback, but yeah, I, I thought Rory McIlroy, he was the guy that had he was a, he was a big time long shot to uh, win this week. Well, he he smoked his dad. I mean, he, he hit his dad uh, earlier in the day uh, with a shot. So I did, I did not know that. That's that's huh. that's what are the chances? It, you know uh, exactly, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> You know, Tony Finau is one of the, the Schmidt household favorites just because dad had bumped into him a few times in Arizona and actually they, they played together before Tony got got to, to be in Tony. And I was asking Shuey this, and as well as Finau finishes, you know, what's what's keeping him from from that next step in your opinion? He's right there knocking on the door a lot with his game, what's – What's missing? Because he, man, he's top ten. It seems like every major or every tournament. And I know I'm exaggerating, yeah. but he's been good. He's yeah. been really good. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's tough because and he's. I feel like he's had the most second place finishes out of majors or any tournament here in the last four or five years. And a lot of people would be very happy with that. His bank accounts well taken care of. Be with those second place finishes, but obviously he wants to win. I that probably say putting. You know, that when it comes down to it, I think that's his, I don't think it's a major weakness, but if I would lean towards a weakness, I would say that was, would probably be at his ball striking as phenomenal. I mean, rarely is in trouble. You know, he has a ton of greens regulation. So when you do that, you know, it's all about, you know, two putting, you know, when you're outside of 30 feet and then when you're inside of, you know, 15 feet, make those putts. And I don't know if he's done that enough, but I would say put the putting's been holding him back. I mean, he switched putters a little bit here in the last two or three years and just trying to find something that works for him. But if you can, you know, most of these players, they hit it so good. If they, mm-hmm. putt, they had a good week putting, they're going to win. So if Tony Fino gets a good week putting, he's, he's holding the trophy no matter if it's a Masters or 
hell, I mean, the John Deere Oak, you know, whatever it is, you know, any other event. So that's all it's about. It's about, you know, getting the, whole, the, the ball in the hole the quickest, and that comes down to putting, you know, more times than not. Jay, uh, so I love this tweet yesterday, and you got a $10 budget. What are you buying at Augusta? You got the Pimento cheese sandwich for a buck fifty. You've got your Masters Club for two fifty. Uh, you can go oatmeal or, or or chocolate chip cookie for a dollar fifty, and then the uh, the American craft beer or import import beers five domestic lager. I know you're a Coors Light guy. Is four dollars, so I'm imagining you'll spend uh, eight dollars on a couple of Coors, and that gives you two dollars <laughs> left probably for a palmetto cheese sandwich. Am I on the money? Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, give me two give me two beers and a palmetto cheese sandwich or an egg salad sandwich. Yeah, that's for sure. Give me the beer. Give me the beer first, and I'll, I'll have a little snack. <laughs> that's 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 what I'm going with for sure. Nail right. on the head. There we go. So spring football. What have what what have been your thoughts here? Uh, you you've heard and seen some of the players and coaches talk, and I, I got to get your take here. Are you concerned at all about the running back room? Uh, I know Step is out with uh, with a foot deal, uh, and uh, he was a, a really nice get. For Nebraska, but you need him carrying the ball, and that isn't going to happen. Just overall, though, that running back room, do you think somebody's going to emerge, or is it something that you're concerned about heading into the summer? I'm not, no, I'm not concerned. I mean, listen, if that whole line group gets their stuff together and starts playing better uh, and, and playing well, this offense gets hum, and I mean, you got a good line and, and a good quarterback. You can, you can put – damn near anyone back there and they're going to be able to get four or five yards if they if they need to this offense gets going like they need that should and you get the line playing like it needs to get it like you can you can i mean you can put you don't need a first round draft pick back there you don't need i mean you don't you can get you can put a lot of different guys back there and you'll be able to achieve what you want if you can get some play up to where it needs to be and and you know you get he, the no line, those those five guys playing together and cohesive and, and physical and and playing nasty. I'm not too concerned. You can you can you can go by committee. You can do whatever you want. You know, I I I'm not concerned. It's, it's spring ball. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to go, hmm. and I'm not too concerned about running back. I mean, as long as the O line group, I'm always always going to hear me say is. Yeah, the goal line group is, is, is playing good, and the D line group is playing good. That's going to take care of, of, of the rest of the guys behind them, and that's that's going to be true today and forty years from now. Football still being played. It's it's one up front. If you went up front, you know you can have you can have average quarterback play and average running back play, even if you know average linebacker play and quarterback. If you have elite guys up front and elite play up front. You're gonna you're gonna win all day, so I'm not gonna, too concerned right now. Jay Moore's with us, Hail Varsity Radio at Jay Moore forty four on Twitter is where you find him. Jay uh, will wind down here. You know when you look at a guy like uh, Rogers and Ty Robinson and and uh, Snacks at the nose guard spot. What uh, what are you confident about with this defensive line? Uh, what do you think? What do you yeah. think they can do to to even be better? I know they were decent against the run. But it's still also about getting after the quarterback. Yeah, you, you guys that play are really good. But, you know, played a lot of football, obviously, with Ben Stilley coming back. But I think Tyler Robinson's a guy. Um, I think he needs to kind of 
take leadership. You know, he's still pretty young. You know, he's only going to be what a sophomore, so he's he's young, but he has all the tools, man. He needs to he needs to be the guy. He needs to step up and take ownership and leadership and and take this thing over because I think he has all the tools and the frame and the God-given talents to be. I mean, if if he does things right, he could be. And after, you know, our first-round draft pick, I, I truly believe that. But he needs to, you know, there's a lot that comes with that. It's just the mentality and, and trusting things and, and doing the right thing. You know, and it's back to seeing how he played reps. And, just, you know, the guys, there's good guys that have played a lot of good football. So that's – and played a lot of reps. You can't, you can't duplicate that. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's a huge investment in that defense. I mean, you played a lot of, a lot of in-game snaps. You know, that's that's big time. But I mean, that's like I said, you gotta you gotta produce up there, and you gotta hold. You know, you, you when you're a defensive lineman, uh, you kind of hold the keys to everyone else behind you. You know, responsible for linebackers. You know, in the run game, and if you don't create a pass rush, you're you know then you put your DBs, um, you know, on island and you, you stress them out. So you got to uh, you got to take some ownership, and you got to work the tail off, and. You got to play hard, but you know I, I like our crew. The guys are coming back, but uh, you know Ty Robinson needs to take over that group and, and start making some ha- things happen. I think I think he will. I think Coyote and, and the rest of the crew crew will uh, will develop him even more and, and, and turn him into a special player like I think he is. He's only a sophomore, so they're going into sophomore season. So I think that's uh, he's getting there. He's got to mature a little more and you know, let him go to make some plays, but. You know, I think that group's in a good spot right now, heading to uh, heading to the fall. Jay Moore's with us. Jay, and enjoy your Masters weekend. Thanks for talking some ball with us here on Hale Varsity. Yep, you got it. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, we'll get into some Husker baseball in a moment, but (laughs) I love social media, and I know that it's just a a small token, but I didn't know there were so many uh, Marlins fans out there with the the, the walk-off controversy here that (laughs) gives the Mets a a walk-off hit-by-pitch. This is hilarious where you got a situation where there's bases full, tie ball game, and, uh, well, let's just listen in to, well, Damon's like, hold on, I'm putting my drink down, damn it. Let me, let me get ready for the audio. But you had the, the mother of all walk-off wins for, for the New York Mets. Very controversial. We good? Sort of, kind of? Damon's like, give me a minute. Give me a minute. The highlights, well, you know, when you, when you think of walk-off wins, <laughs> I think of a guy hitting one in the gap, maybe a sack fly, a play at the plate, an infield dribbler where you got to do or die play it uh, short to, to get it home. And I, I do give Donnie Baseball credit. Because Mattingly, if I were Mattingly, I would have lost my mind. You have Conforto that got, I'm air quoting, hit by a pitch. And that was all she wrote. 
25th pitch of the inning for Bass on the way. A 1-2, and that's a called strike three. Conforto said it got him, and that's going to be it. And now probably have a gripe here that Conforto didn't do the best of jobs getting out of the way of it. Wow, that's unbelievable. It really is. It was actually called strike three. It was called strike three. You're right. And the Marlins are on the phone. Donnie's saying, hang on. The Mets are celebrating. The home plate umpire and crew chief Ron Culpa is... Uh, talking things over with Donnie. They're on a first-name basis, Donnie. That's, that is unbelievable. I've seen nothing like that in my life. Uh, me neither. Where you've got Conforto, who's got the old Barry Bonds 17-stick uh, dynamite-proof elbow protector on, and I, the, the pitch grazes him, but still pops the mitt. It's a strike three. The home plate ump's going to punch him out. And then he's like, nope, nope, it got him. They review it. You can even see in slow-mo Conforto lean in and get dinged. Now, Midani baseball looks great. He's pushing 60. Still's got the mullet going. Every major league manager wears the sweatshirt. And he's got the mask on, but I wish the mask was off because Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly, as great of a player as he was, and a lot of us 80s kids grew up not realizing just how bad the Yankees sucked in the 80s because we had Donnie Baseball, you had Don Mattingly, uh, you had Dave uh, Winfield, and you had Ricky Henderson until they, you know, they'd swap, swap him to Oakland a couple times a decade. <laughs> and they were always fourth or fifth in the East. Never had any pitching. The pride of Dave Rigetti was all you had. But yeah, if I was Mattingly, I would have, I would have went nuts. I would have lost it. But the refs reviewed the refs. The umps reviewed it. Absolutely destroyed that call. And uh, you get to play again tomorrow. Uh, Nebraska back in action tomorrow, and uh, Will Bolt, uh, his presser yesterday. You know what's awesome about Nebraska baseball? Not only are they in first place, not only are they 13-5, and five, but they, they have been so good at finding ways to win. They've hung, hung some crooked numbers a couple of different times to battle back, specifically when I think of Illinois. Maryland's pitching staff is really good, but Nebraska's found ways to put up a, a lot of runs here, and that's kind of the theme here of, of what Will Bolt started this press conference with was just how this team find way, finds ways to win. You know, we didn't get off to a great start, obviously. I mean, we're chasing runs from the first inning again. Um, and, and I didn't feel necessarily offensively. Um, I thought their starting pitcher did a really good job first time through the order against our guys. Um, some competitive spots where he was able to come out on top. and uh, But I really thought the last – six innings of the game uh, we were really much more dialed in offensively um, no panic whatsoever in the dugout as far as uh, whether we we're gonna have a shot to come back or not we just realized that um, hey we got six innings left if we want it we got to go get it and um, I feel like we got a nice hold out of the bullpen uh, with Cody Frank and um, the offense just gave the offense a chance to get us back in the game and um, you can't necessarily always rely on the seven-run inning on Sunday. I think we've done that twice now uh, to win series. But, um, again, you just got to find a way to get it done. And, and this, this team up to this point has showed that um, we can get it done in a variety of different ways. So that they do, man. They, they're able to, to swipe a base. Their power's been 
fantastic. They've had youth really smacking the baseball. They've won with pitching. They've won by outscoring people. And they've always won because they take care of the baseball. And they are consistent, and that's what you dream about with a young baseball team in some spots, but overall. But this is a new spot for a lot of the kids. I mean, it's not it's not Nebraska baseball 2002, right, that, that Will Bolt's used to. It's Nebraska baseball 2021 where, you know, Nebraska, has it's not that far removed from the postseason, but it's not like they're going to, to, to super regionals like they – I think Will Bolt will make that happen, but uh, it's just uh, they're not caught up in the moment. They're pretty uh, dialed in with the, the same approach every day. And, you know, Coach Bolt was asked about the mentality his team's going to have, you know, knowing they're in first place as Maryland comes to town. What's, if anything, does it change? Is there more pressure? Now you're in first. And uh, Will had a, a perfect answer. No change whatsoever. Uh, I, I think. Again, you, you ask our, our group of guys. I mean, it's not something as unexpected. You know, we, we feel like we had a group, a team before the season started that was going to have a chance to be a good team. And uh, I, I they're the same guys every day. I mean, it, it really is. It's a fun group of guys to, to coach because, you know, as our coaching staff, we don't really have to worry about managing emotions and egos and, uh, you know, just day-to-day hoping that you have a team that shows up ready to compete. I mean, these guys have been totally selfless, totally Totally bought into the team aspect of it. They care a ton about each other. Uh, they care a ton about Nebraska baseball, uh, and they're good. I mean, we have some talent. I mean, there's a there's some talent on the roster up and down. There's talented veterans. Um, there's talented fifth year guys that have come back and really transformed their games. Uh, we have a ton of talented freshmen that have been in there and, and played really well for us. You have those ingredients on a team that is selfless, that does care about the team, uh, that shows up to work hard every day, um, that has talent as well. I mean, you're going to have a chance to win games, and we've done that. They've done that to the uh, 13 and 5 tune, and one of those guys they have that's uber-talented Cade Povich. Uh, We'll dive into a little bit of Povich here next segment, but they are going to get tested here against Maryland's pitching staff, or supposedly get tested, but man, you look at the standings right now, and you have no non-conference. What are we seeing here? You you look at Nebraska's maybe a three-seed right now, but I don't know that you're going to get maybe more than three from the Big Ten into the NCAA tournament. We'll uh, wind down hour one. Matt Verzel, Husker Football Thoughts, next hour at Hale Varsity Radio. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, we'll uh, get some spring football thoughts here. What's the level of concern with the running back room for Nebraska football? Uh, Standout Husker, uh, Matt Verzel, going to be with us. Verz, love talking with him a few times a year. And uh, we will head to the diamond here, the Verz family versus the, the Schmidt family. It's not, you know, one-on-one, but no, it's going to be a good, uh, good weekend of baseball with the Lincoln A's versus the Lincoln Sox. And <laughs> we'll dive into that a little bit. Uh, some some thoughts on, on just where the Nebraska – Program's at from Verz, guy who does a good job coaching as well. It's Scott. Brandon Vogel with us at 525, and he did the biography with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. So I know Vogues is going to sound off here, uh, his take on the NCAA situation 
in Omaha with the upcoming tournament and the outrage of no locker rooms. ESPN 3 will stream games with no broadcasters, not until the Elite Eight. And uh, volleyball is getting treated uh, second class, period. You've had Wisconsin's coach sound off. You've had Creighton's coach sound off. And John Cook's not afraid to speak his mind either. And he just kind of laid out just how goofy things were with when you're practicing. And I don't want to mitigate the the NCAA here with their recent history and history overall of how brutally they've handled things or they've been out of touch or out of sorts, but you have different venues around Omaha to provide, I don't know, locker rooms, practice facilities. So Vogue's may have some, some more insight. We're not far removed from the weight room fiasco, the discrepancy between men and women. And listen, I've got a little boy. I don't have to worry a lot of times about how a tournament will be set up for him. And if you have a daughter or little girl, it it should be the same, should be quality, should be high level, period. And absolutely, if we're talking about Division I volleyball, Division II, any volleyball, any female sports, absolutely deserve and should have the same incredible treatment at this level. If we're talking Division I, Division II, whatever, there should be high-level treatment. And right now, it is just being an afterthought and being completely mismanaged and mishandled. And there's going to be a large enough outcry here in the next 48 hours where the NCAA will probably try and air quote fix things, but they seem so tone deaf on this with, I mean, you can't, there's not even a locker room to go change. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. And from a television standpoint, I'm sorry, there's enough incredible volleyball. How can't you do more than, than just set, and set up a stream set up? I mean, at least it's on ESPN3, but still, people love volleyball in this state, and that's why you pick Omaha. But it's not a normal year with COVID, but that's not an excuse. Uh, Flat out just mismanaged and not planned for. Uh, Matt Verzel coming up. Get his take on Nebraska football spring 2021. O-line, running back situation. Defense, recruiting, all that with Verz, volleyball and Big Red football with Brandon Vogel. Danny Burke, Burke's best bets, his take on the Masters and some MLB thoughts. Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Get rolling hour two at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, standout Husker and pizza maker extraordinaire with Paisons. We say hi to Matt Verzel. Verz, I love talking football with you. This may go in the, the, the wrong direction, but my little boy's playing uh, your nephew this weekend in baseball, and, and I always love seeing your family, and, and I just hope they don't throw at my child. How are you? Well, I'm good. No, uh, no guarantees on anything. I see how close the game is, <laughs> but you know they'll keep it. They'll keep it shoulder down, so you don't have to worry about the nuggets. But you might get hit in the. You might get a cheek in there if it gets if the game gets close. There's plenty of cushion since he's a Schmidt right there. So, uh, Verz, it's it's springtime. It's football, man. And, and I know you, you're busy, but I always love your take on things. And where are you at from an optimism level? Feeling pretty good about where things are at? Or is there just some caution with the optimism? Uh, Schmidt, I've said over, I don't have any issue with anything they do. Mm-hmm. The talent level, I, I think, is there. The, the scheme is there it's just now for whatever reason none of it seems to meet on Saturday right. and you know you can there's a camp of people that will say well look at how close it was last year and he lost by seven and he lost by six and he lost by seven and Illinois is really the only team that blew you out and I'm and in my mind well in Ohio State of course mm-hmm. I said but in my mind I'm like those things all still happen like I'm not I'm not a moral victory kind of guy. That's the beauty of competition in athletics is we get to go out in college football once a weekend and we get to figure out who's better. Mm. And Nebraska, unfortunately, last year was only better three times and everybody else was better five times. So for me, uh, fixing the, the little thing that can win you games. I had a great conversation with former teammate of mine and he said look if you move from number 274 where you're at in special teams even to even to to halfway of that you win two or three of those games and I said yeah I said you could be correct in that I said but there were some other things that you know if my aunt had gonads she'd be my uncle but (laughs) it's one of those things that these are you're you're near four. Like those should be under control by now, and those should be a focus. I, I'm I'm really hoping that that attention to the to the little mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about it anymore. No more special teams. Oh my God, we have to go on special teams. Or oh my God, they jumped offside again. Or oh my God, we did this. Or oh my God, we threw a lateral pass. Like those things, we can eliminate that. That I, I think they're really on a good trajectory, but. Your schedule now becomes more daunting, so they better be ready to roll right out of the gate, have all of the little things buttoned up, and, and, and now we can get a true gauge of what's happening. Matt Verzel's with us, Hale Varsity Radio and Verz51 on Twitter. No, that's that's a healthy look, and you're right, it is year four. And I think there's a lot of talent on that roster. Verz, there was some discouraging news with uh, with Step. And in his injury situation yesterday, and he's a guy that, man, when he's healthy, he did some really good things at a high-level program. You've got a bunch of scholarship backs there, and you got a new kid, too, in Irvin that, that sounds great. But, you know, what is it about Nebraska's running back situation that they've just kind of been searching since Ozigbo 
and it's been a long time since there's been a guy like Amir down there, it shouldn't be an issue to have a great guy carrying the rock at Nebraska. And I'm not saying they don't have one. It just, but it's taken a while for a guy to, to get lathered up and be kind of the, the mail carrier here. Do you think you can find one here between now and fall or find a couple? Well, Smitty, for me, the thing that I question, that my questions about that are, you know, Ronald Tompkins, Ramir Johnson, Scott, when the recruiting process will happen, these guys were the next coming of uh, of Kenny Clark. You know, we had the next coming uh, of all these great running backs. And again, you're year two with some of these guys, you're year three with some of these guys. Why are you dependent on a transfer in who then ends up being hurt? And injuries happen. You know, that's unfortunate for the young man. I feel terrible for him. But how do you get to that position? Like, that's another thing I, I would evaluate and say, how are we here with this? How is this what has happened? Are we missing on recruits? Or are we, do they need more time to develop? Because, listen, I've seen the film on the kids, and I think the kids can play. But the the rotations of it, to me, at times, seem super, seem super choppy. Mm. Like, to get lathered up, you have to be, in motion like you have to be playing for more than a snap or two or for more than a play or two and that's not a, I'm not taking I'm not taking shots at Coach Held or anybody but this is just something that this is just something that they should it should be should be good like it, we shouldn't have to be discussing these things like I think there is talent in the running back room now it's the coaching staff's methodology to find a way to creatively use that, use that talent, right? And those schemes that they have contain those things. I just, I, I, nobody can explain to me how this hasn't all meshed up. Because, mm-hmm. hey, I'm Team Ramir, right? Mm-hmm. Oops, sorry. I'm Team Ramir. Like, I, I like what he has to offer. I would love to see him get three series in a row where he can go out and, and, and play. So those are... That's something I hope they can clear up as well. A few minutes here. We're talking spring football, Husker football. Matt Verzel with his uh, former Husker standout with his Sale Varsity Radio Adverse 51 on Twitter. Verzel, uh, look at the offensive line. Uh, they finished well against Rutgers. They're not super old, but they're not super new or young. And I know last time we talked, uh, we talked about the, the center position, you know well. And we also talked uh, about a, a kid you know real well in Hickson, and, and he's battling for uh, a chance to start again. But as you uh, kind of ballpark the offensive line, what, what gains do you expect this spring by, by that group, and, and where can they go? What, what type of O-line can Coach G have down there in Lincoln? Well, I know it was a one-game sample size, but if Corcoran plays like he did in that game, mm-hmm. then I think you have a, a star in the make. I think you have a bell cow, as Bill used to say, for your offensive line. You have someone that can change the identity of of your, your of the perception of your life because he was nasty in that game. He, he was, if not the best, he was the second best lineman in that game. I mean, he played he played a game I never thought I would play. And then, unfortunately, the way I am right now, it made me wonder why he hadn't been in earlier because I'm guessing he didn't just turn that on and, and go for his first start. That's kind of how he is. Mm-hmm. 
um, the rest of the guys hopefully pick up on that. You know, I, I've grown to like Ethan Piper. Um, I think an amazing, or not amazing, but a good athlete, somebody that can bring that athleticism back to to Nebraska football, especially Nebraska's offensive line. You know, those guys have to be athletic. You're just you just have to be 300 plus pounds as an athlete. Um, so I think the attitude, right? They they're going to be the tone setters for how that offense feels. I know, I know it's 2 a.m.'s gig, and I know he runs the show. But those guys up front have to have a nasty disposition, and they want to hurt. You know, they they have to want to hurt people, and, and it's okay because as long as you're doing it and nobody flags it, it was all legal. That's the beauty of what we get to do. So we can go in and, and we can throw hands and we can tell each other what we think of each other, and we can we can hurt. That's okay. So I hope they have just a nasty mentality. That's what I'll be looking for early in the season. Is, is are you? just a bunch of fresh pricks that really don't care what anybody thinks of you and you just go go do your job and do it well and do it mean do you have to 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 get a little nasty in kids today i mean i look at my own boy and and he he didn't get to play on the line i don't know if he'll play at all but my point is he he seems like you know he's got a little a-hole in him i don't know where he gets that but but just from from the coaching perspective are, are kids more timid, or are there some kids with a mean streak? I know it varies, but what, what's your experience been like? No, it's in them. Okay. It, it, it's, it's just not in as many. Nice. Okay. Um, the, kids, the kids that are that way, um, nine times out of ten, have had a little bit rougher go of it. Sure. And then some, it's just in you. Like, you're, you're just, like... My nephew, the one you were speaking of, Cash, mm-hmm. he will, he will instigate, and he will, he'll, he'll stay, he'll answer the bell. You can ask his brother Max, like Cash, if he <laughs> goes down, he doesn't back down from it. He's ready to roll. So yeah, it's in some kids. You can pull it out of some of them, and everybody's got a trigger. You know, there were things that you would just think about and piss you off, and then you're like, all right, that it was that person across the line from his fault. He did it. That's why so I'm not I'm not taking it out on you. You don't want me to, but I'm going to take it out on you because you did this. You made this bad situation happen in my life, and it's your fault. You can channel it, and it's all about getting that button pushed. Uh, Matt Verzel's with us, Ale Varsity Radio. Verz, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Adrian, and uh, what what do you put on Adrian? What do you take away from Adrian? I I look at his career as we go into year four, freshman year. Had a lot of help around, but man, was he good, and man, was he healthy. And then you got the expectations in year two. You got a little bit of the quarterback merry-go-round and looking over your shoulder year three, and now we're back to, to year four, into year four, back to the opportunity to, to be and kind of build off of what you looked like your first year. So it's been a long, strange trip, and I think he's super talented. I don't think he's had a ton of help around him, or it's not all kind of been on the, 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 the level playing field the, since his freshman year with either the receiving core or a guy like Ozigbo to lean on with the run game. Uh, turnovers are, are, are key. You, you need to hold on to the football, even if you're going to run. I get all that. But as you look at Adrian here, man, what, what's his upside? What do you think uh, – what can be this uh, end of the chapter for him as he goes into this senior season? Hopefully we get back to the A-mark with a little swag, right? Sure. He, he, you, 
you probably hit on a lot of the points. I think your biggest one was at the end. Um, I don't think Coach Austin, Coach Frost, anybody up there would have been said, hey, you know, all offensive line really did him a solid. Like, they really got him in a position where he could showcase his talent, which is the offensive line's job. But that's not a dig on anybody. That's fact. If, if you watch the games, it's very hard to run a timing offense, and I'm not beating a dead horse here when your snap is off. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to complete passes when a member of your protection unit has whiffed on a block and there's a guy as you catch the ball that is literally a yard and a half from you. So those reads come fast. Adrian has also contributed to some of those things by, by forcing balls into areas they don't need to go to, fumbling. So for me, it's, again, control what you can control, right? So mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm going to run the ball, I'm going to protect the ball. If I'm going to, to distribute the ball, I'm not going to force it into an area where I don't want it, where I don't have to put it. When I do you know, pitch, handoff, whatever, those things are as secure as, as the Deutsche Bank. You know, he, the, everything is, is, is on lockdown. Like eliminating those then also factors into what we talked about at special teams at the beginning of the call is, is, is getting another win or two. Right? Don't don't be your own worst enemy. Mm. You, you've got enough of that stuff that, that that can happen. So if you can control those turnovers, control the correct read, control. You know, empower your offensive line. Say, hey, fellas, that one wasn't very good, but I know you got the next one. And then you go from there, and then it builds, and then you see the confidence, right? The confidence boost of, of executing the game plan, that's really all that's missing. It's just a good, fluid, hey, we executed great here. Now we can just go be the athletes that we were recruited to be and have success. So those are the things that I'm, I'm hoping to see out of, out of Adrian. I think he's a great kid. I think he's been run through the ringer. I think he's been trotted out there a couple times in a situation where it wasn't the best around it, but he made or attempted to make the best out of it. Now it's time for him to have a squad around him. And I know they've, they've lost some valuable pieces, but we should be able to step those in. Start by controlling the line of scrimmage and establishing your running game, be that with the running back, with the quarterback, with whomever. But let those big nasties up front get frothed up. Let them get lathered up and, and go on. And then I think the play calling becomes a little bit more, not easy, but a little bit more reliable, I would say. Mm-hmm. Because now we've got control of the line of scrimmage. So if they can control that, then I think they're going to have, they're going to shock some people. If, if they struggle up front, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. Matt Verzel with us, Hale Varsity Radio at Verz 51. Verz, we'll let you get to it. Know you're busy with Pisons. And uh, do you have a run line number here for the A's versus Sox Sunday? Well, from what I've heard, the Sox pitching hasn't been very good. So I'd probably throw that thing at about, whew, I'd probably put it out around 14. Okay, all right. 14 or 15. This is Junior's, the Lincoln A's first game of the year. I know the Sox have had a few ball games under their belt, so a little rough. Oh, well, that would have been valuable information before I set the line. (laughs) I'm saying the the A's are probably just chomping at the bit to get out and hit some live pitching, so I'll leave it at 14. Okay, well, hope to bump bump into you and and crack one with you soon, bud. Thanks again. All right, bud. Gotta love Verz. The old run line on youth baseball. Why not? 
Volleyball thoughts, spring football takes. Brandon Vogel, Hale Varsity next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Good stuff from Burrs. That'll be on the ESPN Lincoln on-demand section. Also on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln. The podcast, Hale Varsity Radio, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and also Heard Ad Media. We welcome in Brandon Vogel, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com, and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. That's where you find him on Twitter. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Um, we're dreaming of a, a field of 64 and, and and not solid concrete before below the, the floor we're playing on, folks. That's what we're dreaming of on a Thursday because it's not a reality uh, for this upcoming volleyball tournament. A lot of outrage on social media. I want to start with your reaction to what's going on with the NCAA, uh, with the volleyball tournament, with no locker rooms, with no broadcast coverage except for just the stream. Uh, till the Elite Eight. Uh, how does this happen, folks? Uh, I think that's the, the million-dollar question at the moment. Um, yet another example of uh, always listening to John Cook. He's usually telling you what's about to happen <laughs> be, before it does. On Sunday, he mentioned, boy, we're sending our floor. Creighton's got its floor there, Omaha there. But you still need more courts and then practice courts outside of that. And Coach Cook said effectively, I really hope they're not, you know, sport court over cement. And sure enough, that's that's what you got. It's um, it's it's hard to know exactly where the breakdown happened here, but coming on the heels of the women's tournament, you know, everyone's aware of kind of the concerns, health and safety brought on by the pandemic. Everyone's accepting of that, but you still—that's not a license to treat these events as some sort of second-class event, in my opinion. And based on what we're seeing so far, um, that seems to have been a little bit of the case again. Who's in charge of this for the NCAA? I mean, you've got Emmert that's the overseer, so the the buck will stop with him. He got his tasty payday because there was an NCAA tournament. They were out in front saying, well, we're going to have limited uh, attendance, but we'll have some attendance, right? We'll, we'll have a tournament. They were going to make sure, because that is their paycheck, we're going to have an NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, interested to get your thoughts here with where we can go. Yeah, there's going to be outcry. There's already thoughts from John Cook. Clearly, there's negative reaction, and, and appropriately so, from Wisconsin and Creighton's head coaches. And the NCAA will probably try and put this fire out with some grease, uh, and and fix it like they did with the, the weight room fiasco between the men's and women's tournament settings. So there'll be a reaction by the NCAA, and they'll try and make it okay. It won't be. They already hosed this thing by uh, whittling down the, the field from 64 to 48, and this is insult to injury. But I need some answers because this is this is not equal. This is not acceptable. And there needs to be change in leadership with this event. And 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 inform me because you're way smarter than I than I am on this. This is just the NCAA. This has nothing to do with the wonderful city of Omaha that's hosted championships and know how to do it. Am I right in saying that? 
Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't honestly know in this case, um, but that that does seem to be the, the key question because not knowing enough about kind of what the application slash bidding process mm-hmm. is for these, you know, Mecca it obviously runs plenty of plenty, plenty of successful sporting events in Omaha. It is really a hub for that, as we as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, they know how to pull these things off. It's just sort of like what you know what. Could have, if anything, have been left on on their plate. What's up to the NCAA? You know, uh, in talking with uh, was talking with Erin Sorensen about this a little bit earlier, and she brought up a really good point. You know, with the volleyball tournament in particular, a lot of times, well, all the time, these first couple of rounds are hosted on campus. Mm-hmm. So you know, you send three other teams to Nebraska. And so you've got ample locker room. You've got probably the best volleyball facility in the country. Everything's great. But the NCAA doesn't have to do anything to, to pull that off. Here, with the pandemic in the mix, you basically got to helm the entire thing. And it, it doesn't appear to be going real well at, at the moment. Brandon Vogel's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogel's uh, in your book, Dream Like a Champion with John Cook, you know, Let's refresh for a moment. I mean, John Cook isn't a guy that just likes to complain. He he's a fixer, right? I mean, he's a he's an intense coach that loves his kids and and wants to to put the best product on the field. He's an ultimate competitor. But there's a lot of worse things the NCAA have, have done and, and continue to do. They they should really listen to their coaches and not be reactionary to their coaches. Why why can't this this organization this tax free money printer take some advice from guys like John Cook? He's not doing it to be self serving. He's got pretty good takes on how to make things better for everybody in a really good sport. Yes, that's that's a great question. Coach Cook's aims are always one to improve the sport of volleyball to provide it the, the best chance it has to continue to grow. And, that, and that's really it. You know, it's not, it's not about, Oh, we got to go play on this court or it's not as nice as what we typically play on at home. It's, it's not that it's, it's trying to promote the sport. And, you know, he lays these things out and you're just like, yeah, that's that. here it comes. Like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the, the, the tournament field. Um, and I know Kelly Sheffield at Wisconsin was, was on that as well. And it just seems like nobody sees, it's particularly at the moment, you know, with the men's basketball tournament and not NCAA property, that whole movement, you saw it that before there was even a football season. Like, who is satisfied with the NCAA at the moment other than the NCAA itself? Mm-hmm. And, and I, don't, I don't know if there's any answer to that uh, that is acceptable because the coaches are there. They're on the... <laughs> the front lines every day with their sport. They know what they need. And nothing irks them more than to treat the sport that they've devoted their life to as something lesser than. And that, uh, I think, is the impetus for, for a lot of why Coach Cook is really willing to kind of get out in front of things and say, hey, this is a problem. Why does basketball get to bring this many people and we only get this many? Um, and for a nonprofit institution, as you mentioned, that includes equality and its core values, uh, they sure do struggle with it more than you would think. Brandon Vogels with us, HailVarsity.com and magazine managing editor, author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Well, let's hope there's 
some, oh, uh, whoops, reaction tomorrow <laughs> by the NCAA. And uh, it, it's better than what they did for, for women's basketball's weight room. Okay. Because uh, you've got facilities, you've got venues, you have locker rooms. People should be able to change in a locker room. Uh, just saying. Uh, so let's go to football for a moment. So what are you making of the marquee step move news, I should say? Um, big deal that he's missing spring or overblown deal that he's missing spring? Uh, I, I think it'll be okay in, in the long run. I mean, you'd certainly rather have him than than not. Um, but, you know, Ryan Held did mention something interesting on Monday before we confirmed that he was even going to be out for the spring, but said in their initial workouts, because you know, this is interesting, he didn't really even know he was injured to the degree where they were like, well, it's better just take care of us now, uh, was, was pretty pretty far along in terms of pass protection, which, you know, usually with young running backs, and I know he's a transfer, he's not, he's not a freshman, but a new system. Um, a lot, the thing you hear a lot with young running backs is, yeah, you can handle the ball, and they're just naturally talented. That's why they're here. Um, and, and do that part of it okay. The pass protection, that's tough to pick up. So I think that dulls the impact of just not having this spring for a little bit. But, yeah, ideally you'd like to have them out there getting used to the guys that are blocking for him, the guys that's handing him the ball, uh, the guys that are throwing him the ball. But I think Nebraska will be okay. That's a great point. Pass pro is what keeps people off the field. <laughs> it is. Yeah. If you're a running back and if, if you're getting praised with that, then that maybe it's all right. I just it's better to do than to watch, you know, in a new system and in, in a new setup with it's he's he's ran the same plays between center and left guard a thousand times in his life. It's just a new team with new lingo, but he's gonna be so key for Nebraska. What other back are you buying stock in here? for the Big Red because it's so vital for their run game to be dominant uh, with, you know, paired with the offensive line. And then we look at it with Adrian and then how it affects positively the pass game. Are you going with, with Gabe Irvin or is there another back that, okay, you kind of like, you just need to see more of? Yeah, I'm probably still, uh, most of my, most of my investments are in uh, Marvin Scott. Um, I really liked him coming out of high school. I really liked Savion Morrison, too, and we didn't get to see him. But I, but I think it's good because you have both Morrison and then Gabe Urban, who's been one of the names through these first couple of weeks of spring ball that's come up pretty frequently. Who I know Greg Smith, our, our recruiting analyst, is, is really high on. So, you know, the, 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 guy, the talent level in that room, I don't think is, is the question. It's just the experience and, and the unknown because we haven't seen, well, really – we don't have a sufficient sample size on any of those guys, even a Ramir Johnson who's, who's been here for an additional year, or Ronald Tompkins who, who didn't get his first year. So it's, it's a group that's long on potential and, and a little bit short on what we actually know about them. But when you combine sort of the reps that he did get in, in that 2020 season um, and also just kind of what I thought of him coming out of high school, I'm still probably the highest on, on Marvin's back. Vogues, I've got a minute. Uh, we did this exercise earlier with the price points of goodies at Augusta National, and your budget's 10 bucks. Are you an egg salad guy, pomato cheese sandwich, or are you going straight for the, for the 4 or $5 beers if you have a $10 bill and that's your budget for the day? 
Well, um, I, I, I don't like egg salad, and I don't like pimento cheese. I, I, I'm not a, uh, a big mayo fan, so I guess I have no choice but to have two beers and a tip dollar each time. Yeah, so so you're, you better uh, you better pace yourself there, Vogues, for an entire day. <laughs> I'm going to give you another ten. I'm going to give you twenty. I'm going to give you twenty. <laughs> have to have a big breakfast before I before I, I get on site. Uh, I would I would hope, but okay, yeah. The the, the cheese the pimento cheese is good, but I'm I'm with you, and this is gonna we're gonna get hammered here by all the egg fans out there. But I'm not a big egg salad guy either. I do like chicken salad sandwiches. Those are those are pretty good. We'll uh, we'll spend some more time on Saturday morning weekend edition. But folks, thanks for chatting some volleyball and some big red football with us. You have a good rest of your week. You too. Thanks, Vinny. There he is, Brandon Vogel, anti mayo. That's okay. And give him a cocktail with a big breakfast. Danny Burke's on the way. He's in his thirties. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke. Burke's best bets with VEASAN Sports Network. You catch him on Rush Hour, 6 to 7, weekdays, and uh, all over the uh, the U.S. Also, iHeartMedia, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Pride of Chicago, how's the old three-point stroke treating you? <laughs> Hey, we're working it back up. You know, it's the uh, reigning 2012 HYBA three-point champion you're talking to. So just got to dust the rust off, and then we'll be back in form. Well, you keep dusting, but I'm sure you're you're <laughs> you're vicious from three. Big weekend uh, for sports wagering, specifically with Augusta and the Masters going on. And you know, interested to get your take. We'll hit some baseball and a little hockey as well. But Danny, as you looked at the 2021 Masters, what stuck out, and uh, what did you like, or what were you intrigued by here when it comes to maybe handicapping the event? You know, it's funny. Usually when I bet the Masters, there's one guy I always play, and that's Jordan Spieth, just because I've always been a Spieth fan. But this year was certainly a little bit different, considering that he was coming into this off the win. And, you know, he was the hot player to bet, really, because he's been kind of heating up as of late overall. So there wasn't as much value with him, so I didn't end up pulling the trigger on Spieth. What I did instead, because with a lot of these regulated books, um, you can do, you know, top fives, top tens, top twenties. And large part of my handicapping, i got to give a shout-out to the guys on VEASAN who do a long shots, which is just a specifically golf-oriented show. So I take a lot of their advice and what they're thinking. But basically I had a few guys that I did for top 20. I did Adam Scott. You know, I know he's up there in years, 40 years old. And, you know, at this point he really just gets up for the bigger tournaments. And, you know, he's made the cut 11 straight times, won it in 2013. I just kind of like the value on him at about 2-1 to one to finish top 20. Um, I also also did Cameron Smith, I believe is his last name. Again, obviously it's pretty evident that I don't bet golf on a weekly basis, but on the bigger ones I will. So I did him for about plus 150 for top 20. Uh, he's been picking up his game. He's got a phenomenal short game as of late. And I think he's had two top fives and four appearances at Augusta as well. And then the last guy I did was Brooks Kepke, even money top 20. Now I know the issue with Kepke, he just had right knee surgery the other week, but you know, I, this is kind of one of those rare opportunities you're going to get some value on Brooks Kepka. So I'm not saying that he's going to finish top 10 or be one of the top players, but it, it seemed too good to pass up just based on a pure value standpoint. And then what 
potential he still has. I mean, yeah, then he probably will be an issue, but, you know, he's a tough enough guy, and I think he's going to play into it and will still fare out pretty well. Danny Burks with us, the pride of Chicago, Burks best bet, some Masters thoughts here as uh, we got the Masters in November. We're back at it here, uh, and uh, it's a little bit more normal. And, you know, there's the the anti-Bryson camp. There's the pro-Bryson camp. And, you know, he can, he can smoke the golf ball, but, man, he can get in some trouble. And uh, guys like that are, are super intriguing. I know it's the Masters is, is uh, it's never kind, but guys who've won it there before can, can absolutely win it again. And and that's that's interesting. Rory, I mean, Rory smoked his old man. I mean, <laughs> just drilled him earlier in the day with with a shot, which is kind of funny, but but not really. But man, <laughs> I, I I I never thought of of that happening. It's one thing to to get somebody in the gallery. It's another to get your dad. What are the odds of that? No kidding. I mean, what one in a billion, honestly. He's impressive at that point. But, I mean, you think about Rory, though, Schmitty, that was a guy that not a lot of people talked about as much as, as they have in years past. I mean, he's been struggling as of late. I think he got a new instructor that he's been mm-hmm. kind of getting work with. So, Rory was also an intriguing bet with a little bit of value at about 19 to 1 or so. Well, it's not going well as his day's done, but... Rory, uh, some ground to make up in, in uh, day two. Uh, Danny Burks with us, pride of Chicago. Burks best bet, uh, VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. It's where you find him. Danny, let's switch gears a couple, three minutes here. And, and I know a lot of day baseball happened today. But overall here, what are some trends you like here as we're, you know, getting further into the Major League Baseball season? I asked you about futures last week. As you've settled in a little bit here, what's been sticking out to you on the diamond? So we've had four bets on the show thus far. We're three and one with our picks. And uh, believe it or not, all three of our victories have come at the hands of the Southsiders, the Chicago White Sox going up against the Southpaws because as we know from last year they're just absolutely dominant against left-handed pitching so uh, I rode the first five bet last Friday with them uh, against the Angels and then these past couple games against the Mariners that they've been going up against lefties I backed them once again and and there's really, you know, I mean the White Sox had a tough first series against the Angels who are going to be a solid squad in Los Angeles So I think you were getting a little bit better value on the White Sox than you typically would. I mean, this is a squad offensively that's going to beat up on these somewhat inferior teams like the Mariners. I think the Mariners actually will be a good value play down the road. But regardless, in a spot like that for the White Sox, I think they're a viable option. So don't walk out for the White Sox against left-handed pitching because that will get adjusted. But for the time being, I think that's a good trend to look for. And also, speaking of teams in Chicago, how about the Cubs and their lack of offense? Nothing Mm -hmm. has changed in post-World Series, look for these unders because Wrigley's always, you know, you got to monitor it with the wins, but you're, if it's going to blow out, you're going to get a higher total. But it doesn't matter because the Cubs can't hit, and their pitching's been doing fine, and their opponents can't hit either. So look for these lower-scoring games uh, at Wrigley as of now until the Cubs can prove you otherwise. It, it, you know what? It's just a different type of cold until you get into June. Uh, quite honestly, when uh, we talk about Wrigley, you still got to bundle up in May. I know you were there for opening day last uh, Thursday and you joined us. Uh, we will not disclose what tavern you were walking by, but <laughs> it uh, pure jealousy 
quite honestly, in the studio. Uh, Angels, Jays tonight, uh, Toronto minus 111. Uh, that's a uh, 6 o'clock start. You got Astros and A's in Oakland really scuffling out of the gate here. Uh, that number minus 153 for Houston is... Uh, the uh, the trash can bangers are off to a five and one uh, start out of the gate. Danny Burke's with us. Danny, I know uh, hockey's on your radar. Got about a minute here. You did uh, lay some heat tonight uh, on the ice. What are you thinking? Yeah, so last night we got a nice dub with the Maple Leafs over the Canadians. So I'm looking to fade Montreal once again. Tonight they're hosting the Jets, and the Jets are a slight dog, which I was a little perplexed at. And the market has been moving in their favor. I snagged them about plus 108, but it's still going the way of Winnipeg. They just lost their captain, but so did the Canadians the last couple games. I think it was two games ago they lost their star guy in Gallagher. And now they're on the second half of a back-to-back and Winnipeg's really had their number. I believe it's three to one or four to two as the season series. Whatever it is, it's in favor of Winnipeg. So I like Slake and uh, taking the slight underdog in Winnipeg because really you can't trust this Montreal team at this point. So I don't know why they're the favorite here. Yeah, I mean it's hockey and anything can happen on any given day. But because of the value, the price, and the talent, more so on Winnipeg, that's who I'm rolling with. So you got uh, the Jets tonight against the Canadians. Montreal minus one twenty. Uh, any uh, any value in, in a, I guess, a dog out there on the ice here about uh, 15 seconds. Who's, who's kind of under the radar for you? Yeah, besides Winnipeg, I think, honestly, you could still look at Chicago at home. They're a team that really just plays better at home, especially when Lincoln is in net. That would be the only route I would take for a dog, aside from uh, Winnipeg for tonight's NHL slate. Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago, Burke's Best Bets, his show Rush Hour on the VEASAN Sports Network, 6 to 7. And you find that on iHeart, different stations across the country, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, have a good weekend, and thanks for the time. You bet, Schmitty. As always, we'll talk to you next week. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Thursday, uh, Matt Verzel talking Husker football, Brandon Vogel on Big Red Volleyball. Jay Moore, some Masters thoughts. Danny Burke got to you right with Vegas. A reminder about buckling up. Nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So I don't think there are seatbelts in any of the spas she sells, but... Uh, she could make that happen if you want one. We say hi to Deb the Spa Lady. Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 off Industrial Road in Omaha. Spasonline.com. Deb, it's cold and damp outside. Can you warm me up? Oh, gosh, yes. And, you know, the whole seatbelt thing, yes. Some of the spas that we have, in fact, most of them, and they really do, you almost could use a seatbelt. There's so much power behind <laughs> no. those jets. They they really work those muscles. So, yeah, we've got spas that probably would require some seatbelts if that was possible. But it is, it's miserable out there. Our guys are out delivering spas, you know, through all of this. You know, we just, it takes a lot to slow us down. So we're still out there 
getting spas in people's backyards. We have all the equipment to do it, and we don't leave, you know, like at our forklifts. They have the big bubble tires, so mm. they just go right over even, you know, your grass, even if it's rainy and muddy. We could get the spa in place and out of there, and you won't even know we were there. Deb, you've got so many different choices. The, the selection's incredible. The service, fantastic. And it's been happening for three decades with Home Innovation Spas, and you've been incredible. Uh, you have a spa for everyone and anyone, don't you, between the swim spa or even a, a smaller model that may fit better in someone else's home? That's right. We really have, I would say, just about everything you could imagine for any spa. Indoors, outdoors, uh, we have the little two-person spas up to the big swim spas that are 19 feet long and 8 foot wide. So that's a lot of spas in between those two sizes, and we've got them all, and we've actually got different ones in our showrooms. You can come in, take a look at everything, pick one out that's perfect for you. We'll get it going for you. Tell me the hours that uh, folks can come see at 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln, the showroom hours down here. We're uh, open 10 to 6, Monday to Sunday, and 10 to 4 on Saturday. You can go to our website anytime, spasonline.com. Check out all the different models we sell. You can email us from there if you have questions. So, yeah, anytime, day or night, I think you can figure out what we have. That'll be outstanding. Go see Deb the Spa Lady, 20th and Highway 2. Obitivation Spas off Industrial Road in Omaha as well, and spasonline.com. Deb, we'll get caught up next week and go get a soak in, all right? Okay, we'll do. Thanks, Chris. All right. Bye-bye. Love talking with Deb the Spa Lady. little relaxation before we get into the weekend. Damon, is it uh, Box Wine Thursday? It's uh, looking more like a leftover pizza kind of Thursday really? uh, once again. Do we have like the... Uh, the meat trio going, or do we just have veggies, or what? No, you got it. The pepperoni, hamburger, and a little bit of bacon, actually. Oh. So it's looking good. Boom. Tomorrow, we will talk with uh, Derek Peterson, the pride of Fairbury's Bill Dolman, and it's Uncle Jerry time. Coach DiNardo, Big Ten Network, will be with us. We'll say hi at four. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.